Hey everybody, welcome back to the Spooky Sea Podcast. I'm Nia, and I'm here with my co-host Austin. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about an urban legend. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Trying to switch it up for you guys. Getting something different. Getting something different. (laughs) But before we get into our story, for those of you 21 and up, Austin has a cocktail recipe for you. Today, we are going to do the last word. Heard. Little history, it is a Prohibition era cocktail that got its beginnings in the Detroit Athletic Club's bar in early 1920s. Survived a few decades, you know, bouncing around here and there. Uh, featured in 1951 in Ted Saucier's Bottoms Up. But then it kind of faded. Made a strong comeback in 2005. Mm-hmm. And again, along with the cocktail rep, uh, what is it, Renaissance? Yeah, I think they call it the cocktail renaissance. Uh, Gin became popular again, so gin drinks became popular. Gotta love gin. I do. Um, Mm -hmm. And and bitters also became really popular. Those are two of the mainstays of it. Okay, so for this, you're going to need a couple things that we haven't had the whole time. You're going to need gin. Surprise, you needed it all month. Surprise, surprise. If you don't have it by now, I mean... Then you have not been making these drinks. Disappointed. Uh, <laughs> maraschino liqueur, which you should have if you made the aviation mm-hmm. last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. Two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. A new one with green chartreuse. Ooh. I don't think I've had. I don't think we've had anything that used this yet. I don't think so. Um, I and remember. our good old fresh squoze lime juice. <laughs> oh, fresh squoze. You need. What a good guy. You need your fresh squoze lime juice. But, fun fact about green chartreuse, or just chartreuse in general, there is also a yellow version. Um, it has been made by chartreusian monks mm-hmm. since 1737. They are the only ones that know the recipe. Oh, damn. They make it. I believe the exact composition is split up between, like, a couple of the head monks. I don't know how many, but I believe it is. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, nobody knows the whole recipe. It is 130 herbs, plants, and flowers that this is distilled from. So, yeah. Dang. Fun, fun, a little, just a fun quip. You can talk about chartreuse all day. If you're interested, just give it a quick quick look up there's i mean it, it's a lot of fun they the order amongst got expelled from france napoleon wanted them all dead at one oh, point dang. yeah shit got crazy bro it's it's been a wild ride for those guys for this one so recipes vary but the one i like the most calls for equal parts of everything involved um so you're gonna round that out to roughly three quarter ounce or an ounce if you want a big boy glass you know, nothing wrong with it. Big boy. You know, just bringing it up a little bit. And then, so, uh, you're going to need your shaker strainer, uh, a chilled coupe glass, and then, you know, a nice brandied cherry with that thick sauce on it. <laughs> you know, that thick, Everybody thick Everybody loves a thick sauce. You need that thick ass juice. <laughs> um, not ass juice. Don't put ass juice. Don't. 
I'm not condoning not at all the use of that. So grab your <laughs> grab your shaker, put in your three quarter ounce gin, three quarter ounce chartreuse, three quarter ounce maraschino liqueur, and your three quarter ounce freshly squoze lime juice. Shake it till it hurts your hands because it's cold. Uh, pop the bitch open. Strain that out into your chilled coupe glass over no rocks or over a rock. But you know what you should have? That garnish, that fancy brandy cherry. Yeah, that garnish. ass juice. <laughs> so you can be, again, the classiest trash at every function. Gotta be the classiest. And there you have it. The last word. My favorite thing to get. What if you said that and then we just ended the podcast? Exactly. <laughs> I love getting the last word, as as anyone in my family would delightfully, delightfully tell you. Again, if you want it a little bolder, swap out. Go two ounce gin, go one ounce everything else. Make it your own. Make it your own. A lot of recipes call for a lot of different things. I do like the equal parts on it, but I also like mine to taste really good. I don't, I don't personally care about tasting the alcohol all the time. I do it sometimes, just to, you know, same thing, with, but that's just me, you know, because I like this, the same thing with my coffee. If I don't taste espresso, I'm like, do I even know you put it in there? Mmm. So I want to taste it a little bit, just to know it's there. I understand. I understand. <laughs> now, I'll know that it's there because I will feel the effects of it, but that's not going to come until later. That's not like an instantaneous thing. Okay. Yeah, so. Yeah. Also get real fancy, put some put some Saint Germain in there. Ooh. Swap something for Saint Germain. Fuck it. Swap gin for Saint Germain. Get gin out of it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know what? That shit would probably be so sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna try it now, but I'm probably gonna regret it, but I'm gonna be overbearingly sweet. Probably. Swap the lime out for lemon. Nix the maraschino, put gin back in. <laughs> and then <clears throat> garnish with maraschino. Let's just make another 75. <laughs> just make the drink that you were already t- talking about making. Yeah. Deconstruct it and then put it back together. I saw somewhere that served like deconstructed cocktails, which really? is just all your ingredients. Do they just give you the uh-huh. ingredient? Uh-huh. Oh, that's dirty. Kind of cool. I've seen, I saw a coffee shop that did that before, too. That's. Like you made your own coffee. It was like. An excellent business, but nobody steal that. <laughs> People love shit like that. <laughs> That's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. I like, mean, I feel like. Brewing experience for yourself. Yeah. You know, Except you. not at my house. Yeah, I don't have to do dishes. Yeah. I don't have to do dishes, and you don't actually have to make the drink, the beverage. That's a win win. You just provide it. I make it. Just provide. Well. It's like the Ikea of drinks. Literally, yeah. There you go. You build it. All the screws are there. Don't worry. All the screws, all the pegs. We served with little instructions. Mm Mm-hmm. And little hammers. Little and little shakers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That'd be fun. And little aprons. You get your own apron. But why is it a little? Because <laughs> oh, everything else is. So, it's it's like doll a doll apron on your a, finger. It's like a dicky apron. 
That's funny. All right, so let's get into our story today. Our spooky story. Our spooky story. So this story is uh, called A Man from Tared. This story is is an urban legend, but it is based on a true story, like a true, a, an actual happening. So this uh, urban legend takes place in 1954, um, where there is a well-dressed man that shows up at a Tokyo International Airport. He's, resport- he's reportedly um, average-looking Caucasian male who spoke French and Japanese. Okay. He went about his business like anyone else and arrived at customs. When he had handled his- over his passport, the customs agent paused in confusion. Uh, the issuing country was a place known as Taured, which the agent had never heard of. Despite the fact that the agent was just like, where the fuck is that? I've never heard of that place. So that whole place? I have no fucking idea. But, like... Beyond me. The agent was like, well, you know, it like, the passport looks fine. It looks legitimate. All right, okay. So the agent asked another uh, co-worker, you know... How are you going to say it looked legit? You literally don't even know where it's coming from. Said, you I said, don't I don't know what this is supposed to look like, but I'm supposed to. So, yeah, this looks like what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> said anybody at any job ever. You said anything to catch me slipping out here looking at dog. So the agent asked a co-worker, thinking that, like, okay, maybe I just had forgotten that this country existed. Mm. Maybe maybe somebody else knows. But his co-worker was just like, mm, no, I don't know what Tower Ed is. I've never heard of this. Seems sussy. And so they decided to move the guy to the man um, over to a room and start interrogating him. Well, according to some reports, the man was visibly upset and flabbergasted that the um, agents could not recall Tawred. In the man's words, he claimed the nation had been around for a thousand years and and was renowned on Earth. Still skeptical. The agents brought... Super sussy now. Yeah. (laughs) The agents brought the man a map and asked him to point it out. He immediately pointed to an area... Um, known as the Principality of Andorra, which borders France and Spain. At that point, the man became confused and annoyed because he's just like, okay, but this isn't where, this is where I live, but this isn't where I live. Like, where's my country? Like, this map is wrong. (laughs) Like, bro, like, I don't even understand. How did you print a map? Greatest empire ever. Like, we the best music. Like, how do we... (laughs) We made all the summer bops. Like, how do you not? Know, <laughs> how do you not know about You're us? You're playing a song of ours right now. Like, like yeah. we don't hear anything. What? <laughs> so you have a tumor the size of a fist. Um. So the customs agents are now assumed he's a spy or a criminal or something. So he goes into details, um, as to why he was in Tokyo and where he was staying. He claimed that he was in Tokyo for work. He claimed to work for a company that existed in Japan, uh, but not in Andorra. He also claimed that he had stayed at a hotel in Tokyo, but the hotel didn't have a record of the man. Inside his belongings were random denominations of currency from other countries, which seemed to support his claim to being a businessman on trips. 
Not knowing what to do next, the customs agent simply confined him to um, an airport hotel room and the two guards <laughs> were, like, they assigned two people to stand outside the door to, like, make sure he doesn't leave. <laughs> Just being detained. And they said, uh, you're from made-up land. Arrested. <laughs> Automatically. <laughs> Get in this room. Don't Redacted. leave. Redacted. <laughs> Literally. During that time, it said... Um, that one of the guards checked on him and he appeared to be agitated, claiming he had a massive headache. He supposedly lied down on the bed to sleep it off and the guard left. Well, when customs, uh, the custom agents returned with their bosses who wished to question the man themselves, they told the guards to open the door. And so they did, but then nobody was in the door or inside the room. Not sus. And um, when they looked inside the room, it, there was no indication that anybody had ever been there. Like, the bed was perfectly made. There was no... His suitcases weren't there. There was no sign of the place being disturbed at all. <laughs> and so um, search efforts within the hotel and surrounding area were made to no avail. Surprisingly, all of the man's personal belongings, again, had been disappeared, um, what particularly troubled investigators was the hotel room of the man was uh, in a number of stories tall and pur- purposely had no balcony. So he was up pretty high up and had no balcony. So the the idea of him escaping was kind of impossible because it's just like, well, if he did, he left out of the window and fell or the guards aren't telling the truth. Maybe he slipped them some money and they let him go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Without any of his personal documents as well as considering it was the 1950s, the the man has never been found. Um, I remember first hearing about this one and um, just thinking about how weird it would be to like talk to somebody and they're like oh yeah you know exchanging oh where are you from where are you from and they're like i'm from this place and they're like what and i mean as an american yeah as an american the the (laughs) the general consensus of geography is far yeah it's it's beyond anything uh that generally what we can comprehend you know, there being life outside of this country. Um, Say what? <laughs> that isn't Mexico or Canada. Don't be lying to me now. Or what's the one that they always like to talk about? Venezuela. Venezuela. So, <laughs> outside of outside of that. Um, but then just hearing something that is just like completely off the wall and being like, what? Because I'll still listen. Like, I'll hear about countries that exist. And I'm like, oh. I thought I knew a good... I thought I knew most of them. I, I'm not going to say I'm the best at geography, but I think I'm decent at it, you know? I know. I know a bit about a bit. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I'll still hear, like, about countries, and they're smaller countries, but countries, and I'm just like, oh, what? <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> That's a place? Huh? There's people that live there? Where that? For how long? Since when? Is that new? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, just like meeting somebody and then they're just like, oh yeah, I'm from this place. And you're like, well, at this point, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to look it up on Google Maps and I can't find it. 
Or I find a section and they're like, what? No, that's not what that's supposed to be. No, 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 no. And then they, them having like a, a meltdown and I'm just confused. <laughs> just standing there like... Yeah. What? Huh? I'm going to miss my flight. So they got to go. <laughs> yeah, I got to go. <laughs> Could you imagine being told? Yeah, just like... No. I'd be so... Imagine if... Which I don't think will ever happen. I think we're pretty much one of the superpowers. So, um, yeah. But just imagine in the realm of imagination, uh, make believe, fable time, uh, that the United States didn't actually exist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Could you imagine someone just being like, nah, like that? That's not real. Mm -hmm. You're lying to me right Mm -hmm. now. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know where the United States is? I'm pretty sure if. You look at a map, it's the only thing there. We the best music. Like, what do you Literally. mean? How do you not know <laughs> where I come from? Everybody knows me. Sports ball? Any of them? Any, Have you heard of that? Any of them. Pick one. Any. <laughs> Movies. Pick one. All of them. From here. Pick one. <laughs> music? Take, pick it. <laughs> take a guess. From us. There's a good shot. It's from here. So, what do you mean you don't know what it is? What are you you talking about? And then you, like, look at a map. And it's not there. And it's not there. It's just a hole. It's just just blank. It's just ocean. That would fucking blow my mind. It's just... It's just uh, Canada and Mexico. They're not touching. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be so confused. I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even know, like, how to react to that type of situation. Like, I'd be just so lost. Mm-hmm. Distraught, I guess. Like, oh, my God, the world is a simulation. Yeah, the world is a simulation. Well. <laughs> on that note. On that note, that is all I have for you guys this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thanks for being here. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Spooky Pod, where we post more content, drink recipes. Since you guys are following along with the episodes, we actually post the drink recipes on there so that you can see what it's supposed to look like because <laughs> sometimes that that definitely helps me when I'm trying to like make something I want to see what the end product is supposed to look like but also um <clears throat> but also just the um instructions on how to make it yeah I feel like it helps yeah every once in a while so see you next week stay spooky bye ah. <laughs>